where did you get it? It's the grocery store, I assume. Conoco Phillips. Uh huh. Oh. No. I don't want to buy my face. Um, I would say I'm just clams. I'm so, I would I'm vegan. I would say I'm disappointed. You bring that into my good vegan home. That's clamato. Clamato is clam yeah. tomato juice. You know that, right? Okay. Did you not Did know that? Did you not know that? Why wow. did you think it was called Clamato? He didn't think about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, it's clam, clam tomato clam juice. Tomato. That's why there's specific Bloody Marys for vegans. Because um, there's... If I read too much into every, uh, you know... Thing that you ate or drank, every, you would be dead. If I... <laughs> no, no, I'd probably have better quality of life if yeah. I read more into... What you were putting in your body. that you wouldn't switch your lifestyle methods. You would just be more aware of what you were eating, and then you would... That's just a you know. big old can of cancer. Yeah. I would say I'm disappointed in you for I'm drinking not that. Disappointed. But that would imply that I would expect you to not. <laughs> yeah, that I would expect you to not uh, drink it. For context, our Aaron, Aaron is, is drinking. drinking a Bud Light <laughs> Chilada, which is a pre canned Michelada. Um, but it's made out of Bud Light and Clamato. With salt um, and lime. With salt and lime. And so uh, my favorite thing that it advertises is certified color. Yeah. And I don't fully understand what that means or implies, not only about other drinks, but about this drink specifically. Are other drinks not certified in their color? Um, what yeah. is certified color? I'm just, it's also 11 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just, it's, it's, it's just a lot. There's a me. lot happening right now it's in a our lot. world. It's brunch. No, no, no. It's brunch. No, I I know this. It's just, it's worse when it's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's, I don't see, I don't think it's any different. I think Aaron's making a good point. I don't know if it's necessarily any different. I think it's different. I just think that Bud Light is gross. I think Bud Light is disgusting. I think that the combination of the two is perhaps the worst thing that I can Well, Michelada is not traditionally made with Bud Light. Sure, sure, sure. Traditionally made with Tecate, which is in many ways not different but in some ways like a step above but like i could argue um welcome to if it's gay we play the podcast where we discuss Aaron's where aaron is drinking the, drink just the worst thing uh, just, just the worst, the worst drink uh i'm drinking a bengal spice tea right now oh i'm uh, drinking water i guess my name is a bagel kai my pronouns are they them theirs Excuse me. My name is Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And welcome to If It's Gay We Play. And the, wait, the, mo- the, the monster drinking the, the devil juice from the can is Aaron. <laughs> his pronouns are he, him, his. The devil juice. He produces Whoa. he produces our show and brings d- d- monstrosities, and brings into, monstrosities my home. into our home. I God bless. I to your DMs on Instagram. Yeah, That's and true. he brings monstrosities into my DMs on Instagram in the form of Rare and horrifying memes. <laughs> rare, rare, rare memes. Very memes rare that memes. should have stayed locked away. Memes that should have been. Um, I have a couple broken. of mm. call out corners to start off. Oh this yes, week's I have episode. a call out corner too that I want to do before Hannah says anything. Yeah, last episode, I. I it's no fun said, if I don't get to call you out. I. It is more fun if I get to call myself out because these no, are fun. my people. They're my people too. These are our people. And I fucked up horribly. Um, Kai pronounced Appalachia wrong. I pronounced twice. Appalachia wrong twice, and I feel really ashamed about it because I'm that kind of bitch who corrects other people when pronouncing Appalachia. I pronounced it Appalachia, which is 
blatantly incorrect. It's, it's Appalachia. It's like, if you say Appalachia, I will throw an Appalachia. That's always a funny joke every time you do it. I think it's very uh, uh, culturally traditional for, for me to do. And as we all know here that I am a huge traditionalist. Um, so, yeah, I, I really fucked up. I'm sorry to my family. I'm sorry to my loved ones. I'm going to spend some time. God and Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to God and Jesus, especially. I'm going to spend some time at home with my family and my loved ones. Yeah, spend time uh, Just repenting, to repenting to the Lord. Um, yeah, and God and Jesus. And God and Jesus. And I, 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 I but no. It would have been really good if I had thought ahead and brought an apple to throw at you for this recording. That would have been very funny. You know, actually, the apples already did get me. The apples <laughs> got Kai <laughs> yesterday. Kai was eating what? i bought i bought kai some applesauce because i was sick because they were sick and that's why the episode is a little bit delayed and um it is the most you know most applesauce like has some sort of like grainier or like chunkiness to texture. it like something to chew yeah. this is the finest applesauce it feels I've like ever had silk. yeah it's really weird it has like simultaneously a very distinct texture and no texture at all mm -hmm. and it's the smoothest applesauce i've ever seen in my yeah. life and somehow it is the applesauce that kai managed to choke on i choked on this applesauce and um which is really embarrassing it was very for them. it was very embarrassing and very dramatic because hannah and i are having a conversation and then all of a sudden the applesauce came out my nose almost yeah kai started to choke i started choking on it and then i had to like spit up all over myself uh, -huh. uh that's how was, you stop choking and, and if it was, you can't I, do that, that's when somebody else has to. Anyway. I was thinking to myself, either I can continue choking and make Hannah have to give me the Heimlich um, and, you know, be, be in a lot of physical pain, or I can spit up all over myself and be really embarrassed. And I decided for the second thing. Uh, you do know that the end result of me giving you the Heimlich would, would have been the been exact same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you wouldn't so. have had to touch me in, in the second scenario. And in the first scenario, you would have had to touch me to, to do that. Right, which I would have been fine with. I, I would rather you not be touching me while I am spitting out things actively. Well, I don't know what to tell you. I mean. <laughs> that's first aid, baby. No, I know that's first aid, baby. Yeah, so so the apples already got me is all I'm saying. I was yeah. called out by the apples. The, the very apples smooth, revenge. smooth, sexy apples. Um, they, they came at me. My second call out is uh, for our producer, Aaron, <laughs> who we recorded a whole, um, it's for all of us. Um, we recorded a whole, our whole last episode was like an election day special and it was all about like getting out the vote. And then somebody posted it on, uh, hey. somebody put it up after the polls had closed on election day. <laughs> Who could I that have possibly that been? <laughs> um, so that's our bad. It, mostly Aaron's bad, but our yeah. bad. <laughs> um, for the next time we have a time, uh, a uh, occasion-specific episode, we will we'll, um, we'll get on get that on it. Oh, better. God. The burp that I just heard come out of you because of that <laughs> Bud Light shalata. I don't think that's I, how that works. Yeah, okay. I think it zeroes out. I don't yeah, know okay. if that's how that works. Okay. Um, oh, no. I didn't. Oh, no. Oh, I no. hope he doesn't choke now, too. I didn't smell the burp, but I can't imagine it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like I had another call out for somebody, but I can't was remember. Was it you? No, it wasn't me. I think oh. it was also Aaron. What else God, did he do? I don't remember. What did this he do? This poor man. What this did he do? This poor boy. <laughs> What's he done? Uh, it was going to be funny. 
I oh, think. I bet it was Hannah. Oh, I remember what it was. Uh, I would like to issue a call out for Aaron Dupuy because I've been trying to get Aaron to go to Milk Bar, a local oh, golf yeah. club, for maybe three, two, three years since Four. he turned three. Four. Well, it's been a while. yeah, since you turned like before you turned twenty-one, I was like, I'm going to take you here when you turn twenty-one, and then you turned twenty-one. It's been since you turned twenty-one. So the other night I was at work, and Aaron sent Kai and I drunk text, a, a drunk, a series <laughs> of drunk texts that were like. Oh, I was also yeah, that were like, were. <laughs> I'm at Milk Bar with my squad, and yeah. it's the best place in the world. And, and I was we like, like, Aaron, yeah. I am going to reach through the phone and kick you in the teeth. <laughs> I was going to go. I had told Kai earlier in the day. Yeah, I was. I was, there. And Isis was there, and they wanted me to go, too. And I was like, I, didn't see I thought that you were there with Isis. No, I, no mm. point did I see Isis. In, well, both of you are very good at um, going places and not seeing anybody there. So it makes yeah. sense. What? Okay. It's a very specific skill that they both have. I really genuinely think okay. so. We have our clout shades on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> of all the clout. All the clout. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so was there. was it even a goth night that Friday? No, it was not a goth night. No, no, no. So that's why I didn't want to go. Why was everybody at Milk Bar? I don't fucking know. I don't care about Milk Bar unless it's a goth night. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Like, Thursdays are fun, too. Some of the rooms Thursdays are fun. people kind of suck, but for the most part, like I was just in the 80s pop room. Well, that's fun. fantastic. I bet you had a great time. That's where I spent most of the night. There you go. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Um, but it's very much like, so the labyrinth in Edinburgh. Which yes, it is. The mm-hmm. only other place I've ever seen in like that. Mm-hmm. No, so the labyrinth was fun. <laughs> uh, the last time we were at the labyrinth. I've just been trying to get you to, I've been trying to no. explain no, to you that that's what the goth club is. And I've been trying to get you to go. Well, you so know. I'm glad you finally went. And now maybe you'll go with me on goth night. But that was, I just. I will. I just Please. read that series so of, of text messages and like put my head through the counter. I was at Stella's while this was happening Such and I did watch Hannah react very viscerally the to the text bomb. messages. Um, the head desk, I the guess. Head, the head counter, the head oh. counter at Stella's. The head, yeah, the head uh, uh, coffee bar. Anyway, those are my call outs for this <laughs> week. <laughs> Great. High quality content for yeah. sure. Um, uh, hey, Kai. Hey, Hannah. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I Now it is your turn to act surprised when I ask you the same question that we ask each other every week. I thought it would be funnier if I acted surprised instead of I, I was expecting this and I had nothing prepared. Oh, okay. um, I think probably the gayest thing that I've done this week was get together with two of my friends to make uh, stew for uh, third and fourth friends who were in need of some uh, food food based support, um, it was it was pretty homosexual. Mm-hmm. I was chopping with uh, with one of my close friends who has been a guest on this podcast before, Dory. Uh, one of the first episodes, yeah. she was so not really a guest. She was, she was just, just away. sort of in the room. She was in the we room. She was an audience member. Yeah, I would say it's um, a better word for it. My favorite my favorite thing that. Uh, we often get together on Sundays and make food, um, oftentimes food that I cannot eat because both of these people eat uh, meat and dairy and I do not. Um, but I'm more than happy to be there uh, despite that. Uh, and what I do is I is that uh, our, our other friend has a, uh, a weighted blanket. Um, and what I do is I pick up the entirety of the weighted blanket and I put it on top of Dory and then I lay on top of Dory so she has the most, the most anxiety reducing experience possible. That's very good. It's very, it's very gay, I think. Um, and then a lot of times we watch, uh, King Princess music videos. Very good. Um, and last time we watched a lot of Janelle Monae, so it's, 
it's pretty it's pretty gay mm-hmm. yeah thank you thank you um <laughs> you're welcome hannah <laughs> what was the gayest thing that you've done this week why did you say it like that because i'm gay okay <laughs> um i've just been working we've been watching a lot of queer eye um and that's good. So a lot happened on election day in Colorado. Mm-hmm. A lot didn't happen, but a lot of good stuff did happen. We elected the fir- nation's first uh, homosexual, openly homosexual <laughs> governor, um, and he's kind of a wet noodle. Like he's, I, I, I'm okay with him. He's Jewish and he's gay. Two yeah, he's Jewish and he's gay. That one yeah, which hold. is wonderful. As a politician, I think he's kind of a wet noodle. Sure, fair, but, fair, fair. like I watched him in that debate and I was like, wow, these are two pieces of wet spaghetti just slapping against each other, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how that debate was. <laughs> you you saw it. Or maybe you didn't. You arrived after. No, I arrived after. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was painful. But uh, he is the nation's first openly gay governor. He's Colorado's first Jewish governor. Which is a pretty big deal considering our state and our city were partially uh, founded by KKK Grand Wizards. Um, what's just happened? Aaron was shaking my whole chair by, oh, by vibrating his by leg. His, his, like, his ADHD leg bounce. Yeah. We all have it. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Don't forget about Brianna. I'm it's I won't. I'm getting I'm there. I'm just very excited about we, it. Uh, uh, we uh you've heard us talk about Brianna Titone, the uh trans lady candidate, Democratic candidate for House District twenty seven mm-hmm. in Colorado, who won her election, baby. We are so happy. She's Colorado's first openly transgender uh member of state legislature. I um, love it. I state love to office hear it. as far I love as I know. To think about it. Yeah. I'm so excited every day. So that's pretty great. Um we, the state's going pretty okay. State's going pretty okay. Okay, we uh, we didn't this is, pass some things I wanted to pass. We didn't pass some things that we wanted to pass, but we did pass an amendment uh, to our state constitution that uh, actually bans slavery, which is... An indentured servitude, which yeah, is an tight indentured, as... Yeah, because uh, the way that the, th- the 13th Amendment of the American Constitution is, is worded is that slavery is banned except in cases of punishment for a crime, mm-hmm. um, which is how one of the reasons that the prison industrial complex thrives as it does, because... Prison labor is slave labor. Mm-hmm. Getting paid $1 an hour is not payment. Um, and uh, we, in our state constitution, <laughs> amended the language that slavery is banned and indentured servitude are banned in all cases without exception. So, And something that opponents of that uh, amendment would say is that if we pass this, we'll have to change the entire prison system. And I was like, "Yeah, is that a ba- ba- bad thing? Thing? Well, is that yeah. a thing that you're painting is bad? Because the right loves the prison industrial I complex. I hate it. I hate that they love it. I hate that it exists. Well, I hate them, so. Wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, I have. I had another thing in regards to that that I forgot was the other gayest thing this week. Do you mind if I just hop in here real quick? Uh, go for it. Little butt here's, in. Okay. here's um, the car doors open. Scoot on in. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, in Colorado on November 8th, we just recently made a new rule uh, with the DMV because of some recent oh, yeah. court cases in our state uh, that now allow a uh, X gender marker on Colorado birth certificates as well as Colorado driver's licenses. Oh, so you can get your birth certificate um, changed too? Yes, you can. And there is also, uh, in our state, the person, uh, Zism, I believe is how you pronounce uh, their name, mm-hmm. is um, through our state, like, uh, they got a passport that had an X in it. 
or they're fighting the federal government to get a passport that has an X in it because I believe they are intersex and that is something that they are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get an X gender marker in your driver's license in Colorado starting on November 30th. Uh, I learned that the paperwork is not updated yet because I tried to do it with my doctor the other day and it, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. I was about to warn you that that was going to happen. And I it saw wasn't available looking. on the internet, but I forget the um, the lawyer's name. It's on my Instagram somewhere if my phone won't Tori. make everything bad uh, when I look at it. Come here. But um, this, this lawyer Come also here, fought for our ability in Colorado, Maybe. which was previously one of the states where you had to have uh, surgery in order to get the gender marker on any sort of identification changed, um, you no longer have to have surgery to get. Yeah, to get you just need a letter for your doctor. Which is awesome because uh, there, I, I am definitely not pursuing surgery. Uh, Emma Shin was the trans attorney who did this and is also responsible yeah, for Shin. the uh, lack of surgery on the gender markers. Which thank you God because most of the uh, most of the states in America require you to undergo some sort of surgical procedure in order to get your gender marker changed, which is Buck so wild. fucked up because that relies on cisgendered biological yeah. assumptions of what sex and gender are. We which know. sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know we know, but I'm just on a rant here. Um, so I'm just so thankful that Colorado is going to be one of these states that allows me to have an X on my driver's yeah. license, which I am fully intending on doing um, because I'm just, already on the trans list. Now we just need to... Um, Not make the it movie, easy. the federal government's list. Sorry, continue. <laughs> make it easier to uh, change your fucking name in this state because it's really oh difficult God. to legally I, change your name in Colorado. It costs like $500 and it takes, takes like six to seven months and I just do it not takes have that money or time. Yeah. It well, sucks. you could raise the money. But I could raise the money and I could raise the time, but yeah, I don't it's have worth doing. Well, thing. it's it's here's the thing: it takes six or seven months, but it doesn't take six or seven months of constant work. No, no, no. It, it just takes, takes waiting. Paperwork that you send and then you wait. So the, the paperwork is, itself is actually not that difficult. It's just a kind of a pain in the ass to figure out yeah, like, what paperwork you need to what, fill What's out. difficult is um, if one were to start now, I'm not entirely sure that it would go through with the federal government. Uh, based on some of their actions recently for trans people, a lot of trans people have started rushing their uh, processes of transitioning. Like right, but it would be it recently. would be that state specific. Like there's different states where you can there's different processes for name. Yeah, change. no, it's it's definitely so. True. It doesn't matter what the federal you still government have does. Have an FBI investigation check, I believe. Yeah, which is the federal government. Right. And so it does matter what the federal government does. Well, yes, and like C- Colorado. I don't know. Like it's that's still a states' right thing, states' rights thing that you can. I think it's intermingled. I think it is and it isn't, as far as I understand. Okay. Well, I still that's that's something that I would like to do eventually in the future, but don't feel necessarily comfortable yeah, doing it. So anyway, so trans stuff. Yay. Yeah. Um, what you playing right now? I am playing so many things. I took the last two days off to play video games, which I have not done in probably a month, which is stupid for a person who has a podcast uh-huh. about video games. Um, and I forgot how much I love video games. It's great. I feel very, very excited and passionate about this subject matter. Uh, I have been playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, which was one of my favorite games from when I was 14 to 15 years old. Aaron Dupuy is familiar with this game, no, it appears. I just, I just bought it. It's so good. It's so good. It's on sale? Games, uh, game, game, game Galaxy, so G-O-G. Get on out of here. Yeah, GOG. That's G-O-G, a wonderful site. Like 
it's such a good game. It's based on a tabletop RPG from the 80s and 90s just called Vampire the Masquerade. It was made by goths, just a team of goths in 2004, and it's this wonderful... Do we know this for a fact, or are we just assuming it based on content? I don't know if these people identify as goth or not, but I do know that they fall under the goth umbrella. Do they look goth? That's all. I looking. haven't looked at them. I just know that they're goth because of the references that they have and the songs that are That's in the game. That's what I'm saying is we're, we're inferring based on content. Which I don't... think is a pretty reasonable thing to infer yeah, 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 is all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, I'm pretty sure these people are goth. Um, and anyway, it, it's, it's just such a delightful uh, replication of this tabletop RPG because I was telling Charles of High Charles fame the other day um, how... I don't often enjoy games that are translations of tabletop RPGs because I don't think that they're necessarily done as well as they could be. Mm -hmm. And this terrible, wonderful game from 2004 is probably one of the most successful games that I have ever seen translate the rules of a tabletop RPG. They're not goth. Dude, (laughs) those could be goth dads. I don't see any reason why those people aren't goth. Well, this guy maybe. Also, these look like like 14 years ago, those people probably looked different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is in 2017. Yeah. Come yeah. On. Okay, so anyway, uh, it, it's one of the most successful translations of a tabletop RPG that I've ever seen in a video game. <laughs> I don't think there's a successful way to Google is so-and-so goth. I don't know if there is either, We're but I <laughs> think these people are goth. I think so in my heart based on what is happening in the game. All of the clubs in the game are goth clubs. Well, yeah, because it's a it's a goofy vampire game. It's a goofy here's vampire. Here's the team that worked on it. Yes. Yeah. All those people could easily be at the club. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just okay. in different clothes. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> something something that I totally forgot about this game. Um, is that, uh, number one, you do have to choose whether you're playing as a male or a female, which, whatever. Um, but playing as a female vampire is probably the best strat that you can have of all time if you're not playing as a uh, Nosferatu-type vampire um, because you can seduce pretty much anyone in the game regardless of their gender in order to get what you are trying to achieve. That's like... I think my favorite strategy in any game ever is just yes, being able to say you want to fuck and then yeah. suddenly you can get exactly what it is that you're looking yep. for. Um, you can go into pretty much any of the goth clubs that I've been into so far because um, I'm much farther in this game than I ever got when I was 14 or 15 because I was not as good at video games then. Um, and seduce women in these goth clubs to be able to publicly suck their blood and like get more of of your hunger for blood filled. Sure, it's, it's very good. Sounds is all like I'm a Wednesday. saying. Um, <laughs> something, something that uh, that I did want to talk about in this game that I don't necessarily like that I was considering bringing. Whoop. Oh, bringing to like our main topic this week is um, it's very negative representations of uh, dissociative identity disorder. Oh, um, bummer. It has some, there is definitely a bad job, it does a bad job of dealing with race in this game. Mm-hmm. Also, not surprising, Not but surprising, but a huge bummer. Uh, most of the people of color in this game are either in gangs or, like, working for this this prince, whose name is Prince LaCroix, by the way, <laughs> and I just want to talk about that again real quick. <laughs> One of the main antagonists or like um 
or people I that you work for in this game is Prince Lacroix. Um, I am Prince Lacroix, and he has I am the this uh, large black man from Africa, supposedly, who is working working for him. Yeah, um, that sounds like pretty classic. Like and the only Penny yeah. Dreadful style. The only black characters grossness uh, are like main main NPCs that you can interact with. All of the like NPCs that are just wandering the world. There are maybe like five. Uh, of the same character that you see walking around, yeah. all of them are white people. Yeah, it's all um, right. Except for the people that are like in gangs who are made to look uh, Latinx. Yeah. Um, which is, you know. A huge bummer a to huge say the least. A huge bummer to say the least. Um, and the way that it deals with uh, mental illness is not not ideal. Not ideal for sure. And neurodivergence is not ideal for sure. But like, it. I still, it's still a delightful game to play. It's just, it's very, it's very, it's got a lot of references to goth culture, which I now, I think, have a greater respect for than I ever have before. Um, you, you hit on ladies in very stupid ways where you refer to yourself as uh, mommy. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. What um, the fuck? It's incredible. Were you, you say, saving it? Like, Th- that to tell me that for the podcast yes i was incredible you, you say you like, get my real reaction you say like give mommy some sugar no in order to get that's like illegal. in order to feed off of these ladies no that's breaking the um, law and you can also say like les hang out in order to pick up girls well that's just how lesbians flirt no it's not it is not how i flirt well <laughs> it's you flirt interact the you're saying is against the geneva convention i'm pretty yeah, sure no it is for sure um I have what a witness to flirtatious interaction that Kai has had oh with a no. person consisting of them holding rollerblades and the <laughs> cashier at the pizza place going, I also rollerblade. The cute cashier at the pizza place going, I also rollerblade. And Kai responding with, thank you. Now, so I'm not sure because... that you're the expert on flirting, <laughs> friendo. <laughs> now, all I'm saying is who here has had more girlfriends, Hannah? Yeah, but like, <laughs> is that... A metric. No, first it's not. Of all, no, it's not at all. Yeah. First of all, your most recent ex girlfriend liked Homestuck. So, <laughs> second of all, I I'm, didn't know before I I'm started asexual, dating them. So <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Okay, listen. Please just. I'm asexual. I can legally do whatever I want. I'm asexual. I can legally do whatever di- bathroom is, I want. I have diplomatic. Um, asexuals have to. Dip- don't, don't shoot medics on the field of combat. Uh huh. Uh huh. And what you, it says. And nobody can say the phrase "give mommy some sugar" for any <laughs> reason ever. For any, that's what they say or, in the game. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I just there's a lot of missions where you get to murder shitty white guys, I which do I'm like that. so into, like sexually. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it, it it's just it's. Oh my god! I have a story to tell on the podcast. Carry, carry I'm on. I'm so excited. Okay. Please remember, this is submittable in a court of law. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's not about. No, it's a Convention. She's asexual. She can do whatever yeah, she wants. Yeah, community. Yeah, 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 yeah. As um, long as you don't say anything about being mommy, so I break Nope. That yeah. Piece. Not going to. Yeah. It's, um, I already broke it. She did. She already broke it. She breaks party. it at every other party. I've broken two separate mommy juice glasses. That I keep, I yeah. keep replacing them because I got it as a gift for her and I want her to be able to have her mommy juice glass just as I have my And I drink too much red wine and I drop the glass and mm-hmm. break that sounds classic in mommy. true mommy so, fashion so all i want to say is yes we, yeah, we are all we going already to knew this. i love this terrible wonderful game the combat is um very reminiscent of vanilla world of warcraft from 2004 which you know 
I love. I'm really into that. I love that. the phrase vanilla world of Warcraft because it implies that there's a kinky world of Warcraft. <laughs> of course you, you can, can. But the vanilla world of Warcraft refers to... I know. Before. I know what it means. Well, I'm not telling you. I'm telling our listeners. Uh, refers to world of Warcraft before there were any expansions that came out, like Mist of Pandaria or whatever, all of those things. Um so it's it's much it's much like that. Um, you have a character sheet that's very similar to like a Dungeons and Dial <laughs> a Dungeons and Dragons oh, style now, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons style. A looks sheet. at writing on their hand Dungeons and Dial Up. That can't be right. <laughs> I want to play Dungeons and Dial Up. I kind of do too. To be honest with you, it sounds um, like a shitty like Penny Arcade style webcomic. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Yeah, it sure does. One of them, I, them fuck. <laughs> Sounds like one of them steam green lights. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, okay, I, I also want to say I really like the uh, quest system. I really like the way that um, I actually kind of enjoy the fact that the world is not really big enough that you need a map to find your way around. You actually have to like learn the layout of the city, and your character doesn't have a map except for when you go to a bus stop and look at the maps on the bus stop. Which I, I find that kind of delightful, honestly, because um, it, it really makes you feel like you're in the in the world um, in a way that I, I think is just fun and flirty. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just a it's a very fulfilling game in a lot of in a lot of ways. And it has a very dedicated fan base. Uh, there is this Which is patch. You? Uh, no, <laughs> there is this patch, this unofficial patch that was most recently updated in October of 2018. Oh my. That provides fixes for in-game bugs. And um, so the developers ended up being a little bit rushed at the end of this game and had to put it out faster than they intended. Uh So they weren't able to develop a good ending or anything really um <laughs> yeah that was like successful so this More unofficial patch um, yeah so this unofficial patch restores some of the original plans of the developers and fleshes it out this patch is one gigabyte for a game that is two gigabytes um it's it's just this huge dedicated effort by the fan base to make this the game that it was intended to be incredible that is still in development and i just love and respect that so much that these these goths on the internet are like we love this game, and we're going to make These it as good as it can possibly nerd be. Lords. It's it's a good game, and if it's two dollars on GOG, I'd fully recommend playing it. Um, secondly, I do have another game that I played. Oh, uh, um, I haven't. Yeah, I've also been playing games. I know you have. I'm sorry. Can I just finish with this yes. game real quick? Uh, again, Charles of High Charles fame, and I Charles. Uh, played uh, Rings of Elysium the other day. Which is a great and, name which for is a, game. a new uh, battle royale game. Um, it's on Steam. It's in alpha, like early access, and it's free. Um, and it's very similar to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. And it's basically just a sixty-person game where you're like fighting to get on this helicopter to to like be the winner or whatever. And there's only four spaces on the helicopter, and you have to. Um, deal with this snowstorm that's happening in this like mountain ski resort town it's just really fun like uh battle royale style gameplay and the uh, learning curve is not too steep um this is coming from a person who played many many years of shooters though so i would definitely be uh rings of elysium uh you can find it pretty easily just look up yeah on steam yeah or maybe just ring of elysium Ring of Elysium, yeah. Ring um, of Elysium. Just the one ring. Just the one ring. And 
Uh, you should play online with me and Charles, actually. It's really fun. Um, you guys playing on Windows? Yeah, we're playing on Windows. Oh, okay. Um, it's, yeah. I don't have a PC. You can play on my laptop if you wanted. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you can it, play on your desktop. Yeah, it's it's just uh, because the fact that it hasn't been out for too long, it's not like Fortnite and uh, Player Unknown, which is sixty fucking dollars, by the way. Player Unknown is ridiculous. Um, or PUBG is. PUBG is ridiculous. Uh, as people call it. As people call it. Um, well, yesterday when it was just you and me in the car, and you were like, "This game is very similar to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds," <laughs> as though I didn't wouldn't know what you were saying if you said PUBG. Listen. <laughs> um, so, um, so the yeah. learning curve and the uh, skill level of the other players is not as intense. Yeah, as it would it's be not in like you're gonna games. get sniped immediately by some twelve-year-old. Yeah. So, if you were ever interested in playing a battle royale game that you felt like you hopped on the wagon a little bit too late, like I did with a uh, PUBG, as the kids <laughs> like to call as it, as the kids are saying, as well as Fortnite, as the kids are playing. Um, Hop on, hop on this bad boy. You can, you can play with me. My name is Trans Friend. <laughs> because That's pretty good. I was, I was looking for Trans Butch, and then it thought it was a slur, so it wouldn't let me do it. And then I was like, well, I definitely can't do Trans Dyke in that case. So yep. I did Trans Friend because I'm trans and I'm your friend. Yeah. That's uh, true. Both can, things are true. Both things are true. You can definitely find me and play with me what on a, that. What a pleasant trans friend. I'm a very pleasant trans friend. So. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a it's a delightful game. I really like the physics of it. I really like that you can hang glide. I love that. I love that too. <laughs> I thought you'd really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, Hannah. You can hang glide in uh, old Fortnite too. Uh-huh. Well, I don't care. I don't like Fortnite. <laughs> but you can hang glide in it. I played two matches and got like in the top five both times. And then I said, oh. I hate this game. Well, I, I right. didn't. I didn't get really anywhere because I. Wasn't good at it, but I played. Yeah, I played like two or three matches, yeah, and I was I like, I don't care for you it. You were also very high. It was pretty high. You were quite true. high. You That's were very true. stoned. Um, Hannah. Yes, Kai. What have you been playing this week? I shockingly have been playing absolute ass load of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. What? Um, just so much of it. I've, I've. The, I mean, the amazing thing about that game, besides everything, um, is that I've played like fifty hours, and I feel like I've barely done anything. Like I still feel like there's so unbelievably much to do. I got a warning from one of our beloved listeners, AJ, uh-huh. who said that one of the last Assassin's Creed. Uh, Assassin's Creed games that they uh-huh. played. I think my brain is thinking a little bit too fast for my mouth. It to could keep be. Up. Yeah. Um, I did drink espresso this morning for the first time in a hot minute. I see. Yes. Um, said that uh, one of the last Assassin's Creed games that they played ended very suddenly uh-huh. and unexpectedly, like the storyline. So I would just I keep don't, an eye out for that. I don't think that's going to happen in this. And just the number, first of all, and the number of quests that I have to do. Is that's fair? I've seen outrageous. Your list. Like when I say like I've barely done anything, like I am, from what I can tell, maybe halfway through the main quest. Wow, uh, it's gonna be a very long game. Um, from all reports, it's a very long and expansive game, and I can only imagine. Uh, I mean, who knows? But because Ubisoft has fixed so many problems in this game, that they will provide it with an actual ending. We'll definitely see. Um, I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, I've been playing a ton of that. I like that game so much that I played like a three hour quest and I did it so poorly, like the interpersonal react or uh, interactions that I then the next day went back, reloaded a save and replayed like three hours of the game, which I would never do except that I really, really love this game and I wanted to do it right. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it continues to be an amazingly fun game. I've explored when I say like I've hardly done anything. Like I've explored a tiny fraction of the map. Like oh, sure. the map for just being Greece, which is not a very big country. The map is out huge. It's it's massive and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like everything that you look at is beautifully so pretty. rendered. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've been boning a lot of ladies. Wonderful. Um, I did another uh, Daughters of Artemis quest. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and <laughs> killed the Nemean lion. And then Aaron keeps whipping off his glasses at me. After Hannah uh, told me she did that, I called her Heracles. Yeah. I was very excited about it. And I uh, got to bone the priestess of Artemis. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. I did enough quests to bone the priestess. And so uh, my coworker, who's also playing this game, and who is he's really putting in those hours. He's and finished he the he's whole... He's a very sweet boy. He's finished all the Daughters of Artemis quests, wow. which is bugging bananas. And he's also playing as Cassandra because he said that the voice acting for... Alexios, Alexios was is not awful. As good, yeah. <laughs> Said Alexios was terrible, so he's playing as Cassandra. And he uh, has finished the Stars of Artemis quest, and he says the final quest. He said he told me to save beforehand, but that the final bit quest of it is awesome. Cool. Um, he was like, he told me he was like, it gets so awesome, and I was like, it's already so awesome that I cannot even imagine. Yeah, well, how much what could be more awesome get. than this? Truly. Um, did a long quest on Mykonos, uh, or slept with this lady Kira, who's it was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met up with my good friend Akabiades again, mm-hmm. who's that powerfully bisexual human. Yes, <laughs> and uh, boned him in the Temple of Aphrodite. So love that. It's, it's just a it's a good game. That's my ro- those are my romance updates. Very for... very powerful bisexual Cassandra. Yeah, extremely powerful bisexual Cassandra, uh, the most powerful bisexual and woman. <laughs> Except for her, perhaps Wendy. I don't know, man. If, <laughs> like, I think Wendy would not argue uh, if like Cassandra was real. If Cassandra was real, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Real I'm life bisexuals, that's a whole separate yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely yeah. is. Um, extremely powerful bisexual. Because like Marceline and Bubblegum are both very powerful bisexuals. Oh my God, I and like Cora is an extremely powerful bisexual. So and so true. is Asami. They're extremely powerful bisexuals. Wow. But I think Cora, <laughs> I was about, or I just, meant to say Cassandra. I was about to say, I think Cassandra tops them all. Oh, hey. But I don't whoa, know if that's true. Hey, I don't know if that's true either. I think Marceline would totally top Cassandra. Do you? Come at me. Huh. I think Marceline's a bottom. Mm, I gotta think about that for I a think minute. Marceline is either a bottom or a switch. I think Marceline and Bubblegum are both switches. That's probably true. Yeah. Okay, I will allow this. But I think also Bubblegum would bottom for Marceline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. I think Asami's a top for sure. Yes, 100%. No question. Yeah, core is a bottom. Yeah, no question at all. No questions. Uh, um, no doubt in my mind. Cassandra? Switch. Switch, for very, sure. Very powerful very switch. Very powerful switch. Very powerful verse, very powerful switch. Yes. Very powerful bisexual. Very powerful Just bisexual. Just so, her gigantic arms, so powerful. When you mentioned Marceline and Bubblegum, I got like a little bit emotionally overwhelmed. <laughs> I like had to look away for a second because I was very like, Wow. It's very important to me. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, it's very important to me, too. It's very important to That we've all. mentioned two canon bisexual cartoon couples that are so powerful. When Back in my day, uh-huh. we didn't have any bisexuality in any cartoons. Yeah. We didn't have any canon sapphic couples anywhere. No. In the world. In no, the whole entire we world. We didn't know where they were. <laughs> they were all we hiding. <laughs> they were all hiding. We couldn't find them. Um, that's a joke. There were actually a lot of very yeah, we, out and powerful sapphic people in the 90s and early 2000s. We know it's, Kai, we know it's jokes. I, Anna. Kai, please. Please. Um, 
we're just trying to do like a shorter episode this week, uh, or at least we were originally. Do we? Um, well, we're far off of that. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely. We just finished what we're playing this week, and it is a forty-minute episode. Well, well that's most of what we want to. Yeah, yeah, that's most of what we want to talk, talk about because we got a lot of good video games yeah. that we're playing right now. Um, yeah, that's most of what we wanted to talk about. Uh, we we're going to talk about vampires more, but I don't know. Yeah, if that's, that's a future episode. Yeah. I mean, I want to talk about vampires in the context of uh, like Marceline and Vampire, uh, the Masquerade Bloodlines and stuff like that. Because yeah. I think that vampires um, have traditionally been a very interesting depiction of human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And like totally. Un, un, what is the word I'm looking Bridled? for? Bridled? Yeah, unbridled human sexuality yeah. as well as queerness because mm-hmm. a lot of vampires uh like in the vampire diaries i believe by Anne rice are associated with like gay ass shit yeah because yeah interview with a vampire is some gay ass shit yeah because you're like allowed to uh, like as a vampire you're allowed to queer the norms of human sexuality mm-hmm. in ways that you wouldn't be able to do like as an actual human mm-hmm. person um and i just think that that's really engaging that we went through that very interesting period of vampire obsession as a culture mm-hmm. when twilight came out and twilight um, really couldn't be more heterosexual no it, it definitely could the pinnacle of heterosexuality it is the most straight thing in the world i mean obviously except for the movies where noted I, powerful queer kristen stewart case two is the lead but twilight is so heterosexual i have something to say about that okay they're has been a recent uptick of people in my social media circles who are queer um, and like big, big, big names and queerness in social media who have been talking about um, growing up being fans of Twilight and most of their queer friends grew up being fans of Twilight mm-hmm, totally. and now they're queer. And that fascinates me. It is fascinating. I wonder if part of it is Kristen Stewart. I think part of it might be Kristen Stewart I think because part Kristen of it, Stewart is very powerfully queer. She's very powerful queer and so hot. Um, I showed uh, erstwhile guest on this podcast, Wendy, the extremely good Kristen Stewart Totino's SNL sketch, uh, which is one of the very few funny things from SNL in the last like five years. Um, and it's it's a fake Totino's pizza rolls commercial that turns into like a French lesbian romance with Kristen it. Stewart and one of the SNL actors, none of whose whose names I know, and. Um, I showed Wendy that, and she was watching it, and her reaction was, I'm uncomfortably aroused right now. <laughs> it's really funny and really hot. It's really hot is the thing, um, but the the fact that, like, vampires became culturally salient and then have kind of died out again. Um, which, thank God, I can, we can just go back to, I can go back to I loving vampires. I can go back to privately and, enjoying vampires. I've always loved vampires, now I can go back to loving vampires in peace. Yes. We just watched Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter we the did. other day. Um... I, I, I just want to kind of explore explore the realms of human sexuality that are being touched on by by this vampire craze. Man, as I'd well love as, it if a vampire like, touched on my human sexuality. Me too. <laughs> as well as, uh, like, goth's interest with vampires. Um, well, yeah, we've always... That's part of our whole No, that's thing. part of the whole shtick. That's I'm, part I'm of not the genesis that. of the goth. Yes, but it's interesting because of the fact that goth and punk were based on sexual deviance. Mm-hmm. Um and that is tied to mm-hmm. vampirism and, like, darkness. Totally. Punk was originally, like, the name punk came from a slur for homosexuals. Yes, that was a slur for homosexuals back in the early 1900s and mm-hmm. 1920s. You would call young uh, 
young like fairies like young homosexual men before the term homosexuality was invented like young men who slept with other men and who were the receiving partner to other men mm-hmm. punks punks so bottoms so yeah what now we, we would now, what we call, now a call bottoms yes uh yeah i think next week oh I, gonna... I was thinking we could just parse this one out as we went what the vampire yeah i think we should do a whole separate episode about the vampire okay i think we should do research and come back next week and not spend 40 minutes talking about what we're playing and but I'll probably have so much to say about Vampire the Masquerade. Well, yeah, lines. but next week we're going to like hit really the gro- dig in. Okay. Hit the ground running That's and really fine with me. dig into the vampire. And then that can spawn some other episodes about monsters. Because I really want to talk. We talked a little bit about like monstrosity and queerness with Gender Wrecked. Um, but I want to talk more about like, and when, of course we've talked about like, you know, queering the other and what have you. But I want to talk a little bit more about like the monster itself as an allegory for queerness. Interesting. I mean, uh, and I want to talk about. The vampire. What if I bring vampire and you bring monster? Or do you want to do two separate episodes? This is great Let's podcast just, content. It's really great. It's planning the next but. podcast. I think we should both bring the vampire okay. and then we should see where that takes us. Most definitely. And I will um, actually do research. Before this the episode ends, do you want to give us just like a quick rundown on the history of goth? Uh, ooh. Um, I don't know that I'm the most qualified person to do that. I don't think you're the least qualified person to do that. No, that's fair. So, that. that's fair. Um, punk happened, right? And it, Sure. I can't guess. argue with that. Uh, punk arose in originally in London and then very shortly after in New York and L.A. Um, as a sort of working class musical and cultural response to a lot of what was happening in the 1970s. A lot was happening under like Margaret Thatcher in, mm-hmm. in England in the 1970s. Um, uh, the re- so a lot of punk fashions or traditionally punk fashion, the reason that it is the way that it is was like the safety pin and the Doc Martin and the what have you were all hallmarks of the working class. Mm-hmm. Like safety pins would be used by like seamstresses and so forth. And so a lot of that and like DIY like repaired clothes and stuff was like a protest against capitalist practices of, you know, needing to buy new, but it was also mm-hmm. poor working class people show like part of the thing was it was so in England at the time it was so like shameful to be lower class like it was this very classless society where it was so shameful to be like working class lower class and you wouldn't dress like you were like the whole point of English culture for a long time has been like dressing like you are more than you are essentially and so part of the point of punk fashion was to showcase the working class nature of these people was working class folks putting on the safety pins and putting on the ripped up clothes and being like, look at me, like, fuck you, I'm lower class. Um, And that was part of the ethos of, or that was the driving ethos of the music. And, you know, like, punk has four chords, essentially. Like, four chords, under two minutes songs was, like, the OG ethos of punk because it was was accessible music. It was uh, accessible in terms of, like, going to a concert and listening to it. Like, there Mm -hmm. wasn't all this, like like frivolous fucking nine minute prog rock bullshit that was a lot of like British rock music at the time. Sure. Uh, it was short and fast and angry and it was a way to, the, the point of the music was getting your point across more than the musicality of it. It sounds and like it, you. Right. And it also made it accessible for people to play because you, you didn't need to be good at an instrument. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point was pick up a guitar, learn four chords, you can make a band now. So it obviously began a lot of, you know, what we know to be music now is it brought music to the people. Music wasn't this thing that you, like, had to go to an academy for. It was uh, you could just play music. Um, And so that was sort of the genesis of punk. Uh, And there was different sort of styles in 
LA and New York, like American punk, or excuse me, more so San Francisco than LA. Um, but American punk was way more like, British punk was way more like angry and serious, and American punk since its genesis was a little bit more like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, which I think just has to do with like cultural differences between America and Britain. I think you can still find that to this day. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Um, and it, it totally depended. Like the Ramones were unique at the time because they were really good at their instruments and mm-hmm. like really. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like fastidious about like practicing and being like Ramon's songs are really, really tight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to them like musically, very like tight and refined. Sure. Um, whereas like I mean like fuck Johnny Rotten and fuck the Sex Pistols, but like OG sure. Sex Pistols sounds like trash. Yeah. On purpose. Um, and so that was happening, and then like it was very much inspired by that. It was very much inspired by Dada. Dadaist arts movements. Now, can you explain what Dada is? Because yeah. the other day I mentioned it casually in conversation and my friends had no idea what I was talking about. Dada is possibly my favorite artistic movement. Uh, it, just, just a really short, no, just I'm a short get there. whole thing. Okay. It was, this is Hannah's history. Hannah's Hauer. history. I mean, those words all start with H. It's just yeah, no, it's Hannah's true. history, Hauer. Hannah's history house. Hannah's history, Hannah's house of history. Hannah's house of history, Hauer. Hauer. Hey, How it's Hannah's, you? fuck. Um, <laughs> So anyway, uh, Dada was this arts movement in the early, it was post-World War One, mm-hmm. and it started primarily in Zurich, Switzerland, um, as a, it was like art salons in Zurich and other places, but primarily in Zurich. It spread to Germany very um, quickly. It spread to Germany very quickly. Because uh, you know how the Germans are about their weird art movements. Yeah, as, as I explain it, you'll see why. Um, and it was a bunch of people from a bunch of, di- actually a bunch of different countries post-World War One who were so disenfranchised with the world um and so disenfranchised with how they viewed like consumerism and consumerist art and consumerist culture uh drove them to the horrors of world war Mm one um and so they were completely disenfranchised with that whole thing and like how the order of society brought about the worst war the world had Mm -hmm. ever seen and in many ways still the worst war the world has ever seen Mm -hmm. um and so the art the idea of the dada art movement was basically trash it was like don't plan anything don't write anything like it was the it was the antithesis and the antidote to to high art and like um, or the art of order, like mm-hmm. it's Dada is the art of chaos, and that's one of the reasons why it's really hard to develop a history of Dada or find right. information on Dadaism because you can you know who the like artists who were involved were, but you don't necessarily know what they did. Well, that's the whole thing is like Dada by nature was supposed to be temporary mm-hmm. art too. Like Dadaist theater performances were basically get a bunch of trash and make noise on stage yeah. for a little bit to showcase how meaningless like essentially putting meaninglessness on display to showcase showcase how meaningless everything is mm-hmm. and all of society is and all art is um and so it obviously there's not a lot of preserved records of the art that happened because by nature there weren't supposed to yes. be and also obviously the movement of data collapsed very quickly because you can't and it, it wasn't necessarily supposed to last, but it collapsed very quickly. And from Dada broke off into a bunch of splinter movements like avant-garde and so forth. Like avant-garde came from Dada. Dada was the progenitor. And then like avant-garde and surrealism and I'm those kinds sure of things. Theater of cruelty. Theater of cruelty, yeah. Theater of brutality. Like, mm-hmm. come All come from Dada. From yeah, Dada, like yeah. Bertolt Brecht is a descendant mm-hmm. of the Dada That ethos. is not theater of cruelty or brutality. That's... No. Um, what is Brechtian? Brechtian. Just Brechtian, uh, yeah, just Brechtian. That's right. That's right. That's Thank the you. word Thank for you. it. Brechtian. Appreciate it. So anyway, that's Dada, and it's sort of like faded Epic away. Theater. 
Epic theater, that's yeah. Um, that's data, and it sort of faded away. And then, of course, like the f- World War II happened, the fifties happened, and the 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 fifties being like um, we're going to like our god is order essentially, mm-hmm. like the white picket fence and the two kids in and the America, white, yeah, the white hegemony and so forth in America and also in other parts of the world, like in England and what have you. Um, and so that you know stuff happened. The summer of love happened. The sixties happened. The seventies, yeah, fucking hippies happened. And part of the mm-hmm. punk movement was also uh, essentially a pushback against hippies and seeing how like ineffectual the whole hippie movement was and how like full of itself and self-indulgent it got so quickly and like just like we think drugs give you a personality type of shit um and i that did also happen to punk and i'm gonna get to that Mm -hmm. so punk was inspired also by dadaist art movements and like punk music was meant to be loud nonsense Mm -hmm. um as part of it to like showcase how meaningless this all is it was in the economic collapse of the 70s Mm -hmm. and like there was a lot of racial tension and there was a lot of uh, obviously economic tension and a lot of poverty. And there's stuff to discuss about the racial tension again later. Oh, totally, yeah. Punk. Um, so the other, the other like hallmark of punk fashion was taking like bondage and fetish gear and putting that on display. Mm-hmm. So like wearing like leather and wearing like studded leather, what have you, like wasn't a thing anybody was doing before because that was very specifically for like fetish and BDSM scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so punk as Dada did, started to collapse pretty quickly, sort of under the weight of itself, and it got, it very quickly got very self-indulgent. It was a bunch of angry white dudes shouting in a room. Obviously, it got very, like, self-indulgent and destructive very quickly. And so splinter movements began to break off of that, and it's movements of all sorts of movements happened. Like, post-punk was sort of the OG um, thing that happened after punk. Obviously, it called itself post-punk. Part of it was uh, taking back some, like, some not necessarily musical virtuosity, but like putting melody back in music. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to like, uh, I don't know, and like also experimenting more with like synthesizers and what have you is what a lot of post-punk was doing. But if you listen to like, so Susie Sue, for instance, one of the the godmothers of the goth movement mm-hmm. was a Sex Pistols groupie originally. She like mm-hmm. hung out with the Sex Pistols. Um, there's like an interviews on British talk shows where she's like part of the crew. Like she was with them. Um, and then broke off and started doing her own thing. And if you listen to Susie, you can hear like echoes of uh, like the sort of noise of like OG punk, but also much more like melody in the way that she sings and like interesting musicality and in the way that they do music. Um, and goth broke off, goth sort of post punk fed goth that it became its own thing as first of all, we want to take away some of the like misogyny (laughs) yeah some of the misogyny for sure we want to play more with gender um because a lot of goth fashion is sort of androgynous androgynous yeah as in not as in it's completely removed from playing with gender but as in anybody can wear anyone can wear any of these articles yeah um and like everybody wears makeup Mm -hmm. um and it was it was yeah it was more melody it was because part of the goth movement is uh, like goth is inspired by the romantics. Um, goth is extra, is what you're trying to it's say. It's so extra, and it's but it's extra in a different way than punk was. Like, yes, it's 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 inspired by Dada, sure, but it's inspired by like romanticism and humanism and what have you in terms of privileging beauty um, and finding be- but but privileging beauty in finding beauty in the other. So like vampires and monsters and and devils and darkness and sad so drawing directly sadness. from gothic traditions is part yeah, of the exactly. why it's it was, called goth. Yeah, it was gothic traditions married with like punk ethos. Like there's always been goths, I think, yes, forever and all time. Goths, like think. when Mary Shelley died, Percy Bryce Shelley preserved her skull and kept it on his desk until he died. And that's, that's the most goth shit I've ever heard in my 
fucking life. And they were queer. And they were really queer. And fucking Lord Byron. Yeah, everybody was fucking uh, at that lake house. Um, and so, yeah, so goth was essentially the, the in one of the answering, the answers to punk. Like, punk happened, and then a lot of movements happened to answer it. Sure. And a lot of movements that are in the tradition of punk, like, uh, like Riot Girl and Queer Corps are rising to combat the like homophobia and misogyny. Oh yeah, and I think they're doing a pretty the good punk job movement. Generally. Yeah, totally. And uh, and then like Afropunk being this modern fucking amazing musical and artistic movement uh, to combat racism in the punk scene, which did happen as a oh part of the rampantly punk scene. yeah 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 um yeah it is happening as a yes. part of the punk scene in fact right there and are, then there are day, racist nazi punks yes to this day when i go see punk shows there are still nazis at some of them uh who do get forcefully kicked out and yeah our scene in denver around. is pretty good about not we putting up with it yeah we saw the subhumans a couple of years ago and um uh a nazi was there and stabbed somebody which was super fucked up but everyone like beat him up and pushed him outside yeah so like it still happens right but it, it seems to be yeah. especially in denver a little bit like one person at a show you know? right again like our scene like definitely nazi punks exist like fucking skinheads and stuff there are po- huge pockets of it in denver mm-hmm. and also like at a not skinhead show they usually get kicked out pretty yes. handily um like our scene is pretty good at policing itself um so yeah anyway that was that was sort of the originators of goth and now of course goth means many different things um denver is a pretty robust goth scene we have milk bar we can go every wednesday and saturday night and go dance uh and the dancing is go google how did the video how to dance goth um it's very fun yeah and it's yeah essentially it's it's finding beauty and pervert the the other and the perverse and what society sees as like dark and morbid and and sad it's like and it was also like uh, part of the point of goth was like embracing emotion rather than the only emotion allowed being like anger. It was like, so, like b- men are allowed to cry, for instance. Like I know that's a very low level thing, but it was like embracing. It hasn't always been a low level thing, right? And embracing sadness. Certainly in like the seventies and eighties, it was less of a low yeah. level thing. Uh, like embracing sadness and uh, the full em- range of human emotion. The full range of human emotion. Something that I've uh, appreciated about goth the goth scene in Denver specifically. I don't want to speak to every goth scene um, or even historical goth scenes, but uh, is is how welcoming of queer folks mm-hmm. it is. The Denver is. goth scene is very The queer. Denver goth scene is very queer. Like a lot of the people, uh, like one of the goth nights happens at Tracks, which is one of our, which is probably our biggest gay club. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the people that you will see on goth nights, especially uh, like Wednesdays and Saturdays at Milk Bar, are queer and trans folks. Yeah, visibly um, queer and trans. Visibly queer and trans folks. And that is one of the places where on goth nights, I do not feel afraid to use whatever bathroom of my choice because everyone is mixing gender markers and wearing makeup and like doing whatever they they mm-hmm. feel like. And I trust that like I am safe. In yeah, that, in there's that definitely scenario. some like shitty motherfuckers in the oh, Denver goth sure, scene, no as doubt. with any scene. As with any scene. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very, and like tracks is terrible. I do not like that club. And I, anytime I go on a not, so the night is called Deviant, uh, mm-hmm. the like quote unquote goth night. Um, it's like a hybrid goth queer. It's just great. Um, but every time I go on a not Deviant night, it's like it a bunch of straight white <laughs> girls on their bachelorette party wanting to get blowjob shots. Um, it sucks. It's awful. Yeah. 
but it's there's also nothing the, wrong with being a straight girl at your bachelorette party don't go to the fucking gay club no, go to your own on, bars you're on literally like you're tourist you're a tourist you're a tourist yeah you're a tourist and you're watching gay people you want to go because you're not going to get hit on by yeah, guys which, there uh, but god forbid a lesbian hits on you um i have a lot of problems with uh straight girls and straight people going to queer bars without learning the rules of queer bars before uh-huh. going. and without going with like queer yeah queer people i don't think yeah. that's great um but anyway oh fuck what was i gonna say about tracks um it's one of the few uh queer bars in denver that has 18 and up nights mm-hmm. which i think is really important, important to be able to expose younger those queer nights folks are a fucking to, hellhole they're but hellhole. they're very important but it is important i mean places like rainbow alley at the center mm-hmm. in like denver thursday nights attracts thursday nights if you're attracts. a, a young and um, um, and they have gender neutral bathrooms, which is great. Yes, which they haven't always had. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and the I, last few years, in they the last few years, they changed their them, which I really appreciate because when I first started going there, they were not gender mm-hmm. neutral, and that caused um, a whole series of concerns. But on uh, Deviant Nights is the night I see the most actual queer people at tracks, <laughs> and they're mostly goth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And even if they're not, there's just it's just like it's such a good environment. I haven't been to Deviant in a little bit. Um, we should go next month. Oh, I was there. I was there the pat the uh, previous month. Yeah. recently. Next month is Nightmare Before Christmas themed, and everyone there is going to be insufferable. That sounds amazing. Are you kidding me? I want to see the burlesque associated. Yeah, with I that. do want to see. I that's the other. To. That's the other go. hallmark it's of incredibly Deviant. Incredibly bad burlesque, which I love. Just the worst, best burlesque. I love bad burlesque. I love it so it's much. It's one of my greatest passions yeah. in this world. Um, so can we wrap things up? Yeah, let's let's do. That's a brief history of goth. Um, there's some very good books on the subject. Uh, look up the book Somewhere Leather, Somewhere Lace. It's a visual history of the goth scene. That's funny. In reference that to a song. Boots of Leather, Slippers of Gold. I think it's partially, it's, it, well, obviously it's a reference to the song Sex Beat, but it's also yeah. a, uh, I think it's also I a reference to that. I think it's tongue in cheek. I think God, it's, it's all sorts of tongue in cheek. Do you own that book? Can I borrow it from you? I don't, but I need to buy it. Okay. Um, and then, uh, there's, so there's a, a, a sort of just like mom in the scene, uh, named Jillian Venters, the lady of manners. And she runs a blog called Gothic Charm School, um, about like how to be goth good and have manners and, and not be a shithead shit kicking Nazi. And, uh, she has a book called Gothic Charm School. That's just a fun little primer on goth. Um, or you can have a close personal friend, Hannah, who will teach you how to be there's, goth. Yeah, there's the ence- I think it's the Encyclopedia of Goth or the Dictionary, the Goth Dictionary. Is it the Encyclopedia of Goth that make more sense than the Gothic Dictionary? It's it's something where it's just, yeah, it just lists a bunch of terms and what they mean and how they relate to the goth scene mm-hmm. uh, for and by goths. Um, those are some books on the subject if you're interested. Uh, most major cities have their own little, like, goth nights in such and such place website not all places obviously have like we're very it's nice to have the scene that we have there's a consistent tuesday night event there's a consistent wednesday night event there's a consistent uh saturday Saturday night night event there's like an every other friday you can pretty much find an event Mm -hmm. um repent or uh deviant or wake the the dead uh sunday nights (laughs) of the church i think are done now i don't think they're doing that anymore because no one went yeah Um, that's true and uh, yeah, so but not all you know, not all cities have that. But no. those are some some places, and do some research into your local scene. So keep goth alive. That was less keep about that was less dead. about video games, I think, and more about uh, culturally like salient to queerness ed- educational space, which I think I'm is, just glad that I got to. No, I be the educator that. this time. <laughs> thank you, thank you <laughs> for really sharing nice. your knowledge. Um, because I know that you know a lot more about punk and goth culture than I do. 
Um, and I think that it's just really engaging the way that uh, subcultures are a part of queer culture and queer culture is a part of subcultures mm-hmm, in totally. a lot of really interesting ways. Um, and I think that understanding the history of goth and punk can help us understand the history of a lot of uh, like queer history as well as like fashion, totally. well, fashion, queer. It's stuff. queer fashion for sure. And it's also just a really interesting way to study how, how culture builds itself. Like how, yeah. what defines a culture, how a culture builds itself. Um, yeah. Next week we're going to talk about vampire, vampire monsters and v- vampire. Um, maybe I'll play some bloodborne or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah, please do. Please do. Uh, I will. I will do my best. Uh, I will look up a walkthrough and, and hit up all those points, and I'll let you know how it goes. Great. I'm so excited Excellent. to hear more yes. about Love that. Love it. Because there's a lot of spooky shit in the game. Cool. Love that. Love that. Oh man, yeah. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines is just such a good game. I'm just I believe thinking it. about it right now. I believe it. God, um, I want to go fucking play that game. Next week we're gonna talk about monsters and how bad we want to fuck them. That's well. That's some of us at the table. It's for certainly sure. going to come up. I'm sure. I would fuck a monster. Oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't fuck a monster. Okay, I'm just good. saying that that's a big facet of Hannah's personality. Is how much I want? I don't know if it's a big <laughs> yeah, it's facet. A, it's a column. It's a, it is, it's a column. It is that's a holding sp- up I the house argue, of Hannah. I would argue it's a pr- very, relatively small, not load bearing column. Okay, perhaps it's a like like a ceiling beam. Like a ceiling beam. Yeah. Oh no. Those are load bearing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think yeah. this is a load-bearing fast of I don't think so, but oh god, I smelled a little bit of the coffee. Yeah, it's pretty not great, Aaron. But like, shallot <laughs> of burp. Um, we're gonna go now because Aaron's gonna burp himself to death on Bud Light, Michelada, and Clamato. Thank you for being with us for this alternative episode of If It's Gay We Play, it's full fun. of alternative lifestyle choices. It's fun. It's flirty. It's alternative. Um. Hey, it's it's basically Christmas, so go watch uh, Patty Labelle. Where my background singers? Yeah, do that. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, uh, you can find us at uh, if it's gay we play at gmail.com. Please that's where you can send email. us an email. You um, can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. We've gotten a lovely new review. Uh, not new since last week, but I'm just still excited about the review we've got. We've gotten a lovely message on Facebook from a fan. That we'll um, reach back to. Today. That we'll reach back to. We're going to get there uh, from a fan that like we don't know, which is really exciting. Um, and so you can find us on Facebook if you want to send us a message at gay gamers, G-A-Y-G-E, excuse me, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter under that same handle. Um, email us, like I said, find us on your favorite podcast app, um, and leave us a rating and subscribe and review us. We love that. We love you. We love that. And we love you. Um, Go to stickpokeprod.com slash if it's gay we play. Check out the other shows on the network on stickpokeprod. Uh, we are almost, Spatial is still forthcoming. It's going to be a show about. It's begun recording. It's begun, it's recording. begun recording. It's a show about uh, how geographical data relates to uh, sociopolitical issues. Um, the other shows that are currently up on the network are Grandma's House and Encyclopedia. They're shows about what makes what makes people the way that they are. Um, and that's kind of what our show is about too. Kinda, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's probably that. We love you keep and playing gay. Keep being games, Aaron. And fuck shit up. up. Great. Okay, we yes. love you. Fuck it up. Just Bye. fuck it all the way up. All up. Fuck it up, baby. Bye. Bye.
not okay. <laughs>